Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This point on, Mr. Jules Gill, that right. I will hit the button and we are now recording. Everything is now on the record. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, I am shocked and appalled by what I see in front of me today. You guys will not be able to see this, but Scott Tailford, the man, the legend, the myth, is sitting there, not in a dressing gown. Every what am I wearing, though? What's this beautiful garment that I've right. got on? That they'll you're, wearing, you're wearing a lovely fisherman's sweater. It looks absolutely amazing. And I know why you're wearing it, too, because you had a hard-on for when we started speaking about turtlenecks the other day in yeah. the chat. Yeah, and then, you the, and then you were like, oh, I want to get that, um, uh, is it Jack from um, uh, Bioshock vibe going on? Kind of. That was my reference photo, but it was also uh, Chris Evans's jumper from uh, Knives Out. That was the sort of the main oh. one, that one, the sort of double helix looking pattern. This is almost film, by the way. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, they're one of the best films I was going to say ever made, but one of the best films in quite in the last few years. But um, yeah, I just wanted the whole double helix, you know, woolly thing, makes you look about 80 years old, but it I am very toasty. You. Thank it you very much. Really, really nice, See, mate. all these really nice, nice things that we've said are why I'm wearing it and not a dressing gown. But it's not that you shouldn't give up the dream. You've embraced it eventually. See, I'm, I'm wearing a dressing gown and also my really badly aged uh, cyberpunk I played it before launch, <laughs> which is just not going down in today's I survived climate. it before launch. Um, we should probably say that this is the UBP. 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 As in the Untitled Banter Podcast, I'm Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. And every week we ask you guys whatever the hell's on in your mind. But we also have the Take Trough, um, which is a collection of various questions and thoughts and things uh, from the last few weeks. Now, I have combined everything into one big feed. And then I sort of went in and I sort of swapped some things around. And um, so okay. we've got a nice, healthy mix of video games and food because that seems Ooh. to be just what we are now, which is good. I like it. Um, it's because so... people are starting to recognize that we're right when it comes to food. I mean, <laughs> we won't discuss your whole vinegar on korma thing. That's I'm not going to lie. I have retired that. I did have, yes, I, did, yes, I did, I did, I yes. don't, I did have a whole thing where I used to put vinegar on everything. And it's not that I don't think it should be on in abundance on appropriate things, you know, like chips or lasagna to just, you know, throw it out there. But Jeez. I'm not, I'm not putting it on pizza anymore. I'm not putting it on the mad stuff. I think that's the Good. thing that I've retired. But it's because on my 30th, uh, both Adam Cleary, I can't think who it was. It was like a bunch of people piled in together and bought me a big vat of vinegar. Yeah, like yeah, a big, big, big drum. <laughs> Um, and so did someone else of one of my friends got me the exact same present. And then I was just like, this is too much. This I'm, I'm too known for this. Um, and becoming also, a gimmick. 
Yeah, and also the second vinegar vat thing went to a little old woman who lives up the road who because I wasn't in and it got delivered to her. So I had to try and explain to her why I need this vat thing. And she just thought I was like a drug dealer or something. She was like, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Sorry, I know that we should be getting on with the podcast, but at the same time, your story there is a little old lady. Yeah. And then you said a a vat of acid. Vat of vinegar. did you throw it in her face? Is this no, no, she, she, she'd taken it because I wasn't in. So she'd accepted this big old sort of oil drum of oh, vinegar. Oh, right. Okay. And I then she'd taken it as in she's nicked it from you. And then she'd no. have a go at you for what she's stolen. I was no, like, that would have who been, does that? That would have been less awkward. No, I had to go to this woman's house and be like, oh, you've got my vat of vinegar. Can I have Wait a minute. it, please? That means she opened the package. She did, yeah. She proper what broke the hell? full what on. The hell? I know. And then she was like, oh, it's a bit weird, isn't it, vinegar? And I was like, well, yeah, but it's all. It's a bit like weird a that you open my package, mate. <laughs> well, I'm not one for the hostilities. So I just sort of went sloshed with the old vinegar <laughs> I, got, I got buckets to spare but i can you do like this all it day. now do you yeah and so i eventually so i just sort of said yeah i've got a friend who's like into foods and they sort of they thought it would be funny to get me some vinegar and blah, blah. and then eventually she was like well that's right, i suppose you could take it then and so i was away back home but, i suppose you could take it it's your bloody packet oh, well you, know you know what? Think no, so, this then. is a, this is a story for another time the british let's... folk um anyway so yeah so i eventually i got home with my big vat of vinegar and then uh, my wife was like what are you gonna do with that and i was like I'd, garage i guess so it's just two vats of vinegar in the garage and You've i got thought like one of those big beer retired. hats you know the ones with the two cans on either side if that went down into like a sprayer and i could <laughs> sort of like spray my food then yeah maybe but it's not gonna work as an inhalation technique anyway let's talk yeah. about some video games um well kind of there's, there's a mix um first question from mick h though or mike h um okay. will konami show respect for the rumored metal gear solid remake or will it be a greedy cash grab Oh, if it's even like true, I guess it's it's a loaded question that because if it, if Konami have got their hands on it, mm-hmm. it's not the sense that I think that they'll do another cash grab. They know how badly it backfired when they did Metal Gear Survive, and we haven't seen anything oh, from dear. that series since. So at least they've actually kept out of that, even though they've they've got the IP, they could mm-hmm. like wheel it out if they wanted to. However, what they are known for is absolutely bungling everything that they touch. They're like the comedy pratfall of video <laughs> games. Like you go like, you, you kind of after a while, you don't get annoyed at them anymore. You just mm. go, oh, Konami, you absolute silly sausage. What are you doing? I did see a thing um, that they are uh, they were restructuring their gaming their, their game department or whatever. So a lot of people thought that maybe Silent Hill would, that whole rumor of Sony buying Silent Hill would come true. Maybe they would do something with Metal Gear and nothing came of that. Some Konami spokesperson was like, don't worry, we're not leaving games. Gaming, we're just restructuring so how you never you know rest- right how to restructure know. an entire hundred uh, monkey filled room with typewriters <laughs> like that that's get them new typewriters apparently yeah true yeah and they replace the e-key keep doing what you <laughs> keep doing what you were doing um but yeah i think it's we're in a strange place with remakes because there's the activision stuff that's like super deluxe you've got a couple mm-hmm. of old school remasters that are just texture overhauls we're yet to see what the mass effect one's going to be and i think mm-hmm. that if one konami enter that ring i think i don't know it's whether they want to chase the activision dollar and then maybe do something else with the ip after it's been yeah. revitalized or if it will just be a re-release um i assume that it'll be an overhaul but i i don't know whether the <sighs> dude that fell out with kojima or even still works there because he'd be the guy going like i don't want any time taken on this yeah well they've, they've not got a good track record with remasters either because the no. horrifying silent hill hd uh pack now they <laughs> gave that to hijink studios mm-hmm. who uh were in charge of that and apparently they came back to them saying like can we have this that and the other because we need this to make re- to remaster the game and mm-hmm. konami didn't even give them the full source code so they were working uh, already i think so that shows they don't really have a lack of a, a full respect for their own ips yeah i mean i admittedly there was some source code that was missing through no fault of their own but 
quality checks should have come in and said, well, hey, look, lads, that the fog should yeah. still be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like doing Resident Evil 3 Nemesis and just getting rid of Nemesis. I oh, didn't have a yeah. code for it, so like, oh, I couldn't do it. Just put someone else there instead. Walking the around. The machine comes out and attacks you instead. That's, how, that's, 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 the, <laughs> that's the modern day equivalent. That's how terrifying it is. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Konami don't care about video games. They do Pro Evo and they've got Pachinko. I I think it's a box to be ticked if it's even true. Um, there's an ongoing anniversary thing for Metal Gear where uh, Jordan Vote Roberts, I think it was him, uh, got the entire cast back together, David Hayter and um, Paul Eading and whatever, all the other yeah. people, um, to talk about Metal Gear. So I don't know if that's eventually going to lead to something. David Hayter is on Twitter saying, no, it's not. I promise it's not anything more than this. But he and would say that, feel, wouldn't he? Yeah, that he makes it feel that. like it even, it's going to happen even You more never now. know. So yeah, next question from Chingis. Uh, any thoughts on how Reddit kind of puts a whole bunch of money into GameStop? And um, would love to hear about that. Have you been following this whole thing? Because it's um, a big I'm not going to lie. I've tried to follow this. Um, <laughs> it's actually like I, I will completely hold my hands up here and say that I am a dullard when it comes to Same. the uh, the stock market. But mm -hmm. I understand the concept after watching The Big Short many times. I could not I follow that movie at all. I, but yes. I think I get it now. So I think <laughs> that the whole stock shorting, using GameStop as this sort of thing to be like, no, you can't just like bet that this is going to fail. We're going to prove you wrong. And the small um, individual uh, investors making a ton of money mm -hmm. and now are in threat of being shut down completely. It just, it's a horrible, horrible situation where a few people made a bit of money and not through the best means, let's be honest. No one's got it wearing a clean hat in this uh, scenario. No, I guess not. But yeah. To come out the other side and for the regulators to go, oh, we're going to make sure that you can't do this again to the little people while yeah. the hedge fund people and the bigger banks are literally doing this every single day with yeah, other I people's that's... money. I feel like it's so unfair. Like, mm -hmm. like you should either have it where if you're going to embrace a fully capitalist thing where this is allowed and this is okay, then you need to accept that anyone is able to change the market. Mm -hmm. However, we're going to now go for bailouts. We're going to go for all of these small groups being shut out of their opportunities like this. Maybe that's for the best. Maybe it's for the worst. It's hard to say, but all you're really doing is consolidating the power in the market to these big uh, corporations that are doing mm -hmm. it anyway. So that's my take. And please let me know if I'm wrong with any of this, because I do have <laughs> a very sweeping statement there. Like my, um, my understanding of this was a mix of me going, well, I didn't understand the big short. And then I talked to Mr. Adam Cleary about it. There's a brilliant explainer on the channel. He actually does a really good job of breaking down what Perfect. shorting is and stuff like Go that. Go watch that then. Go watch <laughs> that. Um, that got me a little bit closer to understanding what happened. I still have a bunch of questions as to why a company like GameStop, who were already plummeting, would sh um, give their stocks to other people on a sharing basis anyway, unless they don't have any control over it. I literally don't know. I just, mm. I get the whole power struggle thing. I think the takeaway um, conversation around like, you know, where does power lie in the stock market and, and upending that? I think that stuff is fascinating. Um, and I hope that, you know, if you want to be able to make money, you should be able to make money. And you, that Robin Hood app thing that's just shut down seems like the wrong move, but that's I being investigated. I really uh, am intrigued to see uh, the the power of the internet being shown mm. in full force. Like uh, as many jokes as like people will make and as memeified as this moment will be in history, it <laughs> proves that there is like, if you get the right upswell from social media, from sites like Reddit and stuff like that, you can actually enact proper change on the world. Oh, it's now, insane. Yeah. What I'm annoyed at is that it seems that how and why was this motivation never there for a, uh, a libertarian cause? Something right. that actually benefited people rather than just the few mm. and gave those people their like uh, money. It's it's I a think... monetary influence, and I wish that it could have been for a more benef yeah. uh, beneficial one. Well, I think now that this has happened, then it's proven that it can happen. That, that I mean, there's so much in here. There's so even philosophical stuff about the idea of what mm. is money, how do we change it, what's the power of it, mm -hmm. and just it's just statistics on a screen and everything else. Um, I think that because this has happened on such a large scale, such 
a mainstream sense that the BBC is picking up on it. The White House chimed in. I saw AOC did a stream breaking it down. Yeah. And it's like, now that this has happened on such a massive scale, you would think that it would upend the way that, I guess, power exists in the stock market and who, who who's allowed to have access to it and what those allowances even are, even to get in there in the first place. Yeah. yeah it's an ongoing thing. I mean, the latest um, development was that the Robinhood uh, trading app is shut down, but like that's being investigated as well because that yeah. seems to be nefariously uh, linked. We've probably made a million mistakes talking about it anyway, but you know, stocks in that. That's the problem when you come to talk about stuff like this, because there uh, is it's an ever ongoing conversation and the facts are constantly writing themselves as mm. to what is happening around now. So it may be this might be completely invalidated within 24 hours, such as yeah. the, the world that we live <laughs> in. But um, as of right now, that's our standpoint question yeah, mark. I just, I, my takeaway as a person who doesn't know stocks at all whose only real reference point is a movie I didn't understand and the uh, turnip trading market in Animal Crossing Classic. is just that uh, if anyone can get access to this thing and game the system as much as people who have been doing it for decades have done and they then get annoyed about it I'm probably going to be on the side of the underdog type yeah. people um, yeah. trying to sort of upend stuff but that I have no idea what's going on and we'll figure it out as we go um, yeah. next question though from Laughing Sunbrook um, what are British foods that we Americans know nothing about? The podcast has already introduced me to Dippy Eggs. Yay. And yeah. my, dear God, why? Why are some other oh. things <laughs> that would blow my mind? Um, I tell you what came to mind with this, because just before, in the middle of all you know, the ongoing madness, because um, we're still in National national Lockie D over in the UK, um, I was sitting having a lovely Dunky Biscuit. I was just dunking some mm-hmm, biscuits. And mm-hmm. I, just, I experienced the moment of just pure bliss. I was just sort of sitting there going, this is the best thing ever isn't it really like if more people could dunk biscuits there'd probably be world peace i'll tell you what mate i saw an absolute mad lad the other day in the form of my granddad like i was on the i was on the old facetimes with him back before christmas and he was um I was sitting there and he was having a little dunk in myself and he was i was like what are you up to what are you up to granddad what are you dunking there he's like so ah dunking a pink wafer boy i'm like you're mad you're <laughs> actually mad. like like can i get you sections because this is this is not on like i remember pink when- wafer if, if people haven't had the pink, I don't even know if that's like a thing outside the UK. It if sounds like, would you, like a euphemism, have you had pink wafer? Yeah, it sounds like it's a little bit of pink pipe. wafer. <laughs> but the, um, the pink wafer is like, uh, it's a biscuit with a layer of nice sort of filling. It's pink, it's sweet, <laughs> it's lovely. It should never time. be dunked, but it was going straight in his did it? Did it work? Did he like it? He loved it. But then again, what do you expect from a man who's got, well, I think he's got false teeth. <laughs> he just, that was just making it into a mush so Actually, he can suck you it know, down. We should trust my granddad actually because yes. he's had. I think he's had three strokes, so he clearly knows <laughs> he knows good food. If you know what I mean, he's ref- yeah, he's refined his like. He's yeah, he wants to make the most of it. Yeah. I think um, I don't know. There's there's a weird set of rules for biscuit dunking. So I remember trying to teach my wife about it because she like is Asian. She grew up in an Asian teach household. Your wife, I, I love that. We I had the be- we had the best time because I realized that she'd never dunked a biscuit before, which again is not a euphemism. Literally, it's taking a biscuit and dunking it. But there are rules in which specific biscuits can be dunked and for how long. Peter K did a whole stand up about it. Oh but yeah, yeah. When I found out that she'd never done it we then had the idea of making a platter of all the different biscuit types and then having a cup of tea each Amazing. and just going through it and then grading them like what worked what didn't what fell apart what didn't you know have the strength to hold on um, and obviously hobnobs peter k style did win out the best but uh rich tea's brilliant um standard digestive's brilliant um, mm-hmm. And also those, um, what are they, Bell, Bell Vita breakfast biscuits? Loving them, Oh, mate. really? I wouldn't yeah. expect them to. I know, and they're quite thin, but you, you've got to cut That's the thing I sort of think of it as like catch it on the bite, like the old Ross Noble yeah. joke. It's like the, yeah. the, the clutch in a car. It's like you want to dunk it for a certain amount of time, there's a feeling, and then you know yeah. when you've when you've taken it too far. Um, and it's like, it's a, it's a skill. Um, but that would be my <laughs> thing. 
if you've dunked it too far, then there's yeah. no point even like trying to lift it back out. No. Just, just drop the entire biscuit in and make you've a got, fresh you've cup. You've got minimum purchase bringing it back yeah. out. Unless the structure is has held, it's it's done. But I don't know if Americans dunk biscuits. I know they dunk stuff in milkshakes. They dunk mad, yeah. like they dunk like burgers in milkshakes and stuff. But if you guys haven't dunked any biscuits, that's my thing. Do they have uh, bad sausages out there? Bad sausages. Battered. Bad sausages. We <laughs> <Bad laughs> got a bad sausage. I'm, um, trying, I don't know. Oh, I'm trying to think of like stuff that's like traditionally English that mm. people might not have had. Um, because annoyingly we can't even claim to like have weird flavors for our sweets because like no. Kit Kats, for example, in Japan have got like green tea flavor and stuff they like that. So like, much better ones. Like, like we we don't have any of that stuff. We're quite boring. Um <laughs> do they have we boost have bars? Tea cakes. <laughs> I don't know if they have I mean, I guess you're like, yeah, boost Mate. bars. What, um, what? Uh, fries, fries, uh oh, Jesus Christ, what fries are they to called? Yeah, uh, fries, mint, cream, chocolate <laughs> bars. Okay. Do they have them? I don't even know what that is. Where's that it's, from? It's it's like a dark chocolate with the inside of it is um like that mint um uh what's it called fondant stuff. Okay. It's uh-huh. lush. It's so good. <laughs> so that yeah, was fries, so... fries mint type. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely wouldn't get an advert based on how I described it just there. Like the advert, oh, it's, 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 oh, yeah, it's oh, always in it's, that direction. You go, you go, it's go it's just it. really nice. I mean, if you like mint, if you like sort of like gooey center stuff and you like dark chocolate, what a mm-hmm. winner. One absolute is, winner. It sounds beautiful. I guess other people could send in their questions as to American, uh, I don't know, home remedy stuff that most of the world hasn't tried yet. Yeah, like the idea of dunking a biscuit isn't exactly announced anywhere, but we all sort of know. No. I don't know. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually Googling now traditional English traditional <laughs> English My mind just food. goes for like shepherd's pie and stuff, but you can't do anything with that. Like oh, you can't I really mean, mix it up. Do they, do they do the old um, Yorkshire puds? Oh, I don't know. Yorkshire oh, puds if, you, on a... if, you don't, if you don't do Yorkshire puds, mate, then oh, get out of my dojo, son, you know? Like, <laughs> I would, uh, those massive ones, those rustic ones that came in across the last few years, probably been going for decades, well, but I discovered well, it. When the entire years. meal is inside not the, the pile. No, not that big, but the ones that are sort of closer to a traditional size, but a bit thicker, a little bit bigger, and they've just got a little, It's they're made differently, they're a bit thicker in general. Oh, and okay, as soon as I discovered them, you get four in a packet, they're a bit beautiful. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we could not be more older English men, one man in a dressing gown, one man in an old Bioshock jumper. I feel like we just need to be down the pub and the smoking ban to be back off you know <laughs> <laughs> with one of those weird pints that looks like a turtle shell like yeah sort of yeah the, the dimpled around. glass yeah the dimpled glass um that'd be a good name for this podcast the dimpled glass <laughs> anyway um next question from you and callister what's the worst sonic the hedgehog game for me it's the god-awful shadow the hedgehog game i never played shadow how could you ever say that it's not sonic 06 that game is finished. <laughs> that game is that game is literally held together by the sheer collective will of everyone in the room. Yeah. It's, I I I I hate that game with like an unbridled <laughs> passion because Sega was really really bad with that. Mm-hmm. They were like, right, this is going to be our first uh, next gen at the time experience for Sonic. Let's get it right. And they kicked it out and they forced it out way earlier than it should have been. Mm-hmm. And it was just a broken mess. And they didn't even bother to like put any patches in that fixed it to a reasonable state. It is if you can get through the game without having like a game breaking <laughs> thing, then it's like yeah, that's a godsend. Speedrunners for that game. Uh-huh. I don't know why there is a speedrunning section for this game, but I guess Survival. for every game there is. Like it, getting through it without like hard resetting is considered to be like a like a um what do they call it? like a god run <laughs> like just surviving those things that that game throws at you there's um i would recommend there's a really good and um, there's a guy called matt mcmuscles he used to be part oh, of the yeah. uh, two best friends play they sort of split and he does his own stuff he did a history of um sonic 06 like it's called what happened he used to just pick yeah that when game. he goes what happened? what happened and he's like delve into that and um yeah his breakdown of what happened with those dev teams and the different versions of that game and what we got and everything else like that's that's good if you want to sort of dive into that but 
But yeah, Sonic 06 would be my shout too. That was the game that made me go, oh my God, what have you guys done? Like, I never liked 3D Sonic anyway. And then the proportions look weird. And it was just, yeah. it was all over. If we're going to go for um, uh, an older one though, mm. Sonic R. Oh, I never played it. Sonic R was the game that I, I couldn't believe. I couldn't play it because it was on Sega Saturn, I think. And I yeah, just I couldn't get that. I couldn't afford the console. I was so good. The reason why it's called Sonic R is because you literally go like, as soon as you boot up, you go, oh, <laughs> Sonic, ugh. Oh, my Christ. Oh, my Christ. But yeah, the Awful. 06 one uh, by far. Next question from Kill the DJ 95 um, They want to 100% Resident Evil 2 remake, but they can't bring themselves to play through it multiple times. How did you motivate yourself to do the same game over and over? up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Uh, Do you know what? It's just getting stuck into that gameplay loop. It's about mm. just looking at it less. You go through it once to enjoy it. Then mm. you go through it and you take off those specific challenges. When it comes down to time to do those really hardcore speed run ones where you've got to get uh, under two hours or an hour and a half, I think it is, and you only allow three saves across the entire thing. I just made it into that thing of like, get up in the morning, have a go at it. If, it gets, <laughs> if I get to the stage where I do it, make a save file and uh, then just leave it for the day. Don't push yourself to get it all done you did in one do go. Everything, didn't you? Like, I, remember I did 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That was because I remember I did the main story and you restarted it and I did that again. And I remember you being like, oh, I'm doing like the um, the hunk stuff. I'm doing all the time yeah. trial stuff. Yeah. I just, that was a level of dedication that I, I couldn't muster. Did all of the um, special extra little episode things that they added on, mm-hmm. even got the bloody cat ears, which is like the infinite ammo thing for the, um, <laughs> for going through the wave defense thing and only using, I think it was like, 50 bullets or something like that right. like ah oh, my god dude it took so long but at the same time i walked away from it and really enjoyed the experience the problem is though is mm-hmm. i do feel that my love and passion for that game might have killed 
Resident Evil 3's remake because oh, I, I went in, I went into it expecting to be like boom this is going to be another like four like two month game sort of mm-hmm. thing I'm going to be like on this all the time and then I completed it did half the challenges and I was like oh then there's no DLC for it there's no like uh, thing for it oh I would I still hold up guess the, I'm done um, then yeah I would still hold up that that remake whatever they want to call it feels like glorified DLC if they did it yeah, as a nemesis add on to two they it should have done more, more sense yeah um, but yeah I mean they, they, those games play incredibly well but in terms of I, I never played as much as Jules but I think putting it into your daily routine is a shout like I did that with Metal Gear 5 and um, trying to see as much of it as possible um, Wait, you've you've 100 percent in Metal Gear 5 not 100 but I've, I've I used to do like 12 hour stints on that game I was just My like just God. <laughs> I was off work and I was like, I just get up early go on it and then like just 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 play it just did play you feel like really you didn't you feel like really zoned out when you came out of those long sessions? Like, whoa, I'm not in touch with reality. Because I can only play for like maybe two or three hours now and I'll be speaking to my partner Uh and it'll just be like, I'm just like, I'm not here. Like my brain's mush now, sorry. (laughs) I'm still in the desert searching for different gods to headshot. Um, No, I mean, it depends what the game is. It's that's that and The Witcher 3. Like, It's very rare that something completely like takes me in that much. But like, Mm -hmm. no, I I love living in those worlds. I think for me, it's more like if you play something like Guitar Hero too long and then you come out of it and your vision is just warping. Like, It depends how how uh, intense maybe a hood is. Um, Next question from TJ, kind of like a two-part question. Um, Do you feel that people's expectations are too high when it comes to playing new and complex games such as Cyberpunk on older hardware? Also, as someone who plays Spider-Man Miles Morales on a PS4 Pro, they still had many bugs and loading issues, but they knew that it was designed for the new SSD, so they they accepted the state of the game before purchase. Um, Would it make more sense for companies to just not release games on older platforms? I actually would um, agree that if they want to make the jump, like, Mm properly you shouldn't really go uh, across this cross-platform thing because it was the same when like um breath of the wild came out and mm-hmm. then it was like the switch version was far superior to the wii u version and everyone was like yeah it ran a bit like, smoother, yeah yeah around a bit smoother it just looked like better and you could tell mm-hmm. that it was like that was that was an okay example of it working on both platforms but you can look at countless other examples where mm-hmm. the severe downgrade uh, yeah, for the previous cyberpunk thing is huge yeah, and it's it's a real shame because I feel like uh, Cyberpunk was obviously trying to cast as wide a net as possible, but it probably would have been in their best interest if they had mm. just said, right, we're going to develop it for this and this, uh, like PC, PS5, Xbox, uh, new Xbox, and then just not gone for the previous console, yeah. which it probably would have cost them a ton of money, though. The but then again, with, that, I don't know if it is now. Yeah, the thing with Cyberpunk is obviously its marketing cycle was eight years long or, or mm. seven years long, so it's mm. like... It's a weird optics thing, though, as a potential, because if you're putting this game together, you're, you have this whole marketing department and you realize that the vision of the game that you've got that you've been developing on top end PCs is now barely going to run on those original systems that you initially announced it for. Do you then get out there and say, hey, look, for the best experience, play on this thing, but also be aware that if you're going to play on this console, we actually couldn't get this feature to run as well. You will experience yeah. X, Y, Z bugs uh, and glitches. Or is that just marketing suicide because you're getting out there saying that this I version think- of the game is inferior? I think it's marketing suicide to an extent, but mm. there are examples where it did work. I'm trying to think. Uh, when Guitar Hero 3 came out for the mm-hmm. Xbox 360, it was given to another developer to come out for the PS2, and it oh, had okay. more limited features and stuff, but it came out at a budget price. Right. So you got like the core game, but for less money. Maybe yeah. if they'd done that, or maybe if they just said, like, not all content's going to make it to the PS4, uh, like, um, mm. say, all the story missions will be there but you won't be able to do this, that, and that. That for the expanded experience, that. Because then I feel like you're still delivering the core experience in it being well made. Mm-hmm. You're giving more to the people who Mine- are investing in the future of it. 
Yeah, my thing, my my go-to example for like just in a weird way to handle cross-gen releases is um, Splinter Cell Double Agent. And I think I brought it up on a, a different week, but like that game had two diff- completely different versions on different systems yeah. developed with those systems in mind. For me, it's I want games that have this, the target system in mind um, or a target set of specs. Like going back um, in time to when um, the same game used to release for like the Mega Drive and the SNES. Right. You'd have like Turtles in Time is a great example yeah. because they came out, they actually had the same sort of like aesthetic style but the uh, graphic system was completely different for the snes to the mega drive one there was a different level lo- loadout there was different like uh, extras and secrets that were in each game mm-hmm. and it's like it still felt like a unique experience key to that system mm-hmm. but it was a complete it was obviously built from the ground up to be completely different maybe yeah. if they'd tried that approach with it i think it's it's like i think he makes uh, tj makes a good point about you know accepting the state of the game as in this is the best that my set of hardware can do however i don't i, I think that's a really hard thing to get across optically like marketing wise um yeah. because you want to let the I, oh, basically for me it all boils down to you need to know what you're buying and obviously in cyberpunk's case they still have trailers on the channel that are this is playstation 4 gameplay and it isn't and like, it's just not yeah it's just not um and so like you were same with no man's sky like this is the game running and it wasn't and so mm. i think the there's that whole thing, which is an ice. You can completely drill that down and be like, just don't lie to consumers, really. Like, yeah. there is that. But obviously, the reality of game development, things don't come together until the closing months of release. They're aiming for a certain spec the whole time, and they think they can get there. Is that still a lie if they want to show you what they're trying to get to? I think that trying I, to get there thing is what they I, could get across more. Yeah, I feel like the disconnect between um, what's going on behind the scenes with the developers mm. and the marketing team is like, I mean, it's their job to hype it up and get as many sales in through the door yeah. as possible. And sometimes that does come at the expense of the developer's hard work because at the end of the day, the PR firms, they're not taking a hit for this. They did no. their job. They got yeah. those sales. The devs, on the other hand, are being crucified for not being able to deliver what other people promised. Is it with um, some, Halo some, 5 some, as well? Just yeah. super quickly, like they that whole marketing campaign was a complete lie and they had to admit that. Yeah, with um, Locke and Master team. Chief's fighting thing. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, we just, uh, that was an idea that we just took and ran with as the marketing department. And then it just wasn't in the game. IGN called them out. We called them out, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. And they just said, like, oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, that was a thing that the marketing department went with. And as, as they count their dollar bills, sort of thing. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Invest in turnips, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. What was the thing you were going to say? Sorry. Um, it was basically the same sort of thing that you were saying there, just um, uh, marketing companies, the disconnect from that. I feel like if there was better communication internally within these companies, then maybe we wouldn't even get to these stages. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it just shows. I think it's super interesting going forward in terms of like, you think of how movies are developed, like maybe maybe at a push, you get to see um, some people on set, like, oh, such and such actor has been spotted on set, but you mm-hmm. don't really get a glimpse. Like Mortal Kombat's movie is out in a few months, the new one. And as yeah. much as we've had are a couple of screenshots and some tiny seconds of footage from an HBO sizzle reel and some screenshots, nothing when that game is in production and nothing that would lead you astray as to, like they're only going to show it off when it's the finished edited version mm-hmm. or edited shots anyway. And maybe stuff gets cut like a Star Wars Rogue One or whatever. But for the most part, you're getting what's advertised. Um, gaming is just such a different beast in terms of how they come together. And I think well, they're still using a film style marketing thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a good example is the um, Iron Man scene, the infamous one where mm. with, uh, with him throwing the uh, helmet to Pepper Potts and saying, I love you or something like that. And right. then he jumps out and that wasn't in the film at all. It was just used for the trailer to build interest. Right, right. And it's like mm. they filmed a completely separate scene just to use for trailer bait. Mm-hmm. Like, does that mean that it's a deceptive thing of the uh, overall final product? No, because at the end of it, he does actually say, I'm pretty sure he says, I love you. And I'm pretty sure the yeah. relationship is there, but they, it's a, it's exactly false advertising. It is not in the film. It is not in the final product that you'll be receiving. Yeah. 
I was listening to uh, Giant Bomb's Game of the Year stuff, and they were talking about Last of Us 2, and the way that that game was shown off before launch, they did a pre-release hands-on section of the game where you played as Ellie, and Joel showed up at the end in person talking oh, to her. what? Yeah, and they Naughty Dog literally made fake assets to, con- to like convince the um, press pool at the time that that was the way the story was going to go, so to obviously reinforce the big twist from the beginning of the actual game. Yeah. So in that case, they committed to a certain line of marketing, which to, personally I really like, because I, I like the idea of the actual experience of the finished product being the thing that sticks with you and whatever a creative needs to do to maintain that gut punch if they're going for a gut punch i'm all behind that um Mm. and same in star trek's case in into darkness like they showed the enterprise crashing but then when you saw the movie it wasn't the enterprise it was the villain ship and then it was like a whole thing and so for me i i view the marketing as part of the ride and if, if it's done well um, and that's the thing that I think for gaming, there should just be so many more channels like Noclip, like Danny O'Dwyer's Noclip, yeah. showing you games being made along the way. Um, and maybe that would solve the optics problem, but it would mean overhauling marketing for gaming. Yeah, completely. true. Very true. So maybe. Um, next question from Steve. And um, what is your go-to build when playing a Soulsborne game for the first time? Um, I seem to always gravitate towards that big bonk play style, even on New Game Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely all about when I first picked up the uh, Dark Souls one, mm-hmm. I went for the old classic turtle poke build, like hide behind the shield and go there. Same, yeah. Now, anytime that I pick up a, um, a Dark Souls title after that, I'm all about like spell slinging, getting in there, just getting as much aggression out as possible because I've realized that the way I play games is very like boneheaded. Like right. I just go like, right, if there's a goal, I'm going like the straightest path towards <laughs> that. If there's enemies in the way, then you better bloody get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I will I've go- able to do is um the the weight build i've never been able to just right. play comfortably with a fat roll i always just find that it just i need to get out the way yeah. like, if something's like going at me. i always have to have the like the minimum weight allowance like mm-hmm. i need to be fast rolling everywhere because i'm just like i can't I my brain can't do the whole like oh wait I'm not invincible here and I'm really slow yeah but then and it's like I know you're gonna hit hard but then the timing window you gotta charge it up and i'm like oh yeah. God, I'm just, it's like it's too sludgy for me yeah I do love those games though. They really do allow for so much creativity with your builds. Mm-hmm. Like, um, ah, oh, damn, I can't remember if it's I can't remember if it's a guy called Sunlight Pro or something like that, who does um like PvP kills of the week and stuff oh. like that. And you can watch how people have built specific characters, even like um to try and emulate real uh, sorry, other characters from other IPs. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who made like a Darth Vader build who like literally has like <laughs> um the the uh, Wrath of the Gods force push oh, and cool. uses like a lightsaber looking style weapon. Uh-huh. But like he's built a character entire build around that and I love the creativity from that PvP in Souls just gives me anxiety like just oh, yeah, like one on one I'm always just like this person's just gonna flatten me I mean it feels like nothing else if you ever win but like yeah. Yeah, that one on one thing just destroys me yeah. um, but still um, quick question from Jeff Usano chips or crisps Oh, well, as in like the pronunciation or what we our favorite? Ah, what, what's your gut goes? You might gut goes to flavor, flavor town. Well, the thing is, is I know that he because if he's American, that we call so. our we call our crisps. Well, let's, crisps. Go, let's go off the UK definition because they don't have chips at all. So I guess okay. it has to be. It will be so. There, so so think of think of potato well, chips. Yeah. Potato chips are what the American version of our crisps are. Yes, they're crisp because they're potato uh, slices that have been crisped. That is why they are crisp. <laughs> So, but then they call their crisps chips. chips. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a it's chip a crazy off world. Of the potato. I assume that's what they do. Maybe it's just because yeah. we bake cars and they do something else with that. I don't know what they do with it. I don't know because they what what do they call a bag of they call a bag of crisps chips and then yeah. they have chips which are fries. But what do they call thicker chips? I mean, thicker fries to them, like oh, thicker. I don't know. 
Did, did this not have them? Like, you know, when you get like a, like a nice thick chip, like no, for us. I was, I was, I'm going to stop you there. Like <laughs> starting with, this, with the sentence of, um, does America have this? Of course it does. It has everything. <laughs> and like the, the, the regulation for food is appalling. So they will have whatever. I'm just like, saying like, I, you know, I, went, I was looking to go to New Orleans. I've been in New York. At no point did I have anything other than fries across multiple restaurants, nice. multiple cafes. I didn't see any fat chips, hashtag fat chips at all. And I wish that I did. I don't know if that's something that they have or yeah, they can invest in, but you never Oven know. chips, I guess is how you describe yeah. them. Just, just bigger chips. Um, so we'll um, so we'll flavor. We're doing yes. flavor of the thing. Okay. So uh, yes. flavor of... Crisps. Well, I was doing gut punch like appeal because I would I'll take a nice basket of chips with lovely salt and vinegar, 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 yeah. vinegar yeah. over a bag of crisps. That's oh hell yeah. I'm totally with you on that one. Like <laughs> if they're if they're those triple cooked, crunchy on the outside, little fluffy on the inside, dipping in a bit of like mayo or like their barbecue sauce. Oh, oh I tell you what, speaking of American things that I brought, I didn't bring it back from America, but I realized it existed. Baconese, which I know you can't have because you're sticking to no, the No, I can because they've got a vegan stuff now. Oh, uh, there it is. That, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah, bacon is what a revolution that is. Like just <laughs> just just bacon and mayo, just just brilliant. Like proper like uh, peanut butter chocolate style combo. Just tr- trust the Americans to invent something brilliant in Classic. the food realm. It's lovely. Classic. Um, let's end on a question from a PG Quips, which is the best okay. name that I could do. Uh, much as I love shiny 4K graphics, ray tracing, lots of frames being poured into my eyeballs, I can't wait to see something truly next gen. Um, destructive environments, better AI, more players, an anti cheat system that actually works. What are either of you hoping for? this generation uh, i'm hoping as i said before in the previous ubp uh, mm. to actually be able to back a game review it and actually have it have a smooth <laughs> launch that's that's all i want that's playable all i want guys at launch, yeah that's all i want is a playable game at launch no hiccups no fuss no muss just get it out there i'd back that i think um he mentioned destructible environments having played and now mm. almost got the platinum on wreckfest and um, i mentioned this the other week but i adore wreckfest so much i just found an excuse to put it in a list because i just need to talk about this game and um, but i love when you send a car flying off into the distance and they just barrel through like a billboard <laughs> and a few stacks of tires and the deformation model on your car leaves a huge dent and nice. i just i miss physics i've mentioned this loads but i miss physics yep. in games um and i hope someone brings that back in a big way i mean at one point in time in an alternate reality mm. there's a scott tailford that is uh, opening a bag and pulling out from inside it a remastered and remade version of psyops and he's like crying <laughs> with tears and then he goes but wait there's more and he pushes the first game aside to reveal a remake of second sight oh <laughs> then he dies because he doesn't ph- want it physics physics are plenty in there <laughs> yeah my show would still be uh, psyops speaking of 2000s games not relating to a question that we got sure. but have you seen that crazy werewolf game it's called like Werewolf Earth Blood, the beginning Iris or whatever. I think if I just open up my emails, I think we have had some stuff about that. Yes, yeah. I'm just mentioning Why? that because Why are we, are it's, just, it up for? it's the most 2007 game ever, and I'm so there for it. And I think it looks like it'll be like a sort of six, seven out of ten. But just I like that that's coming <laughs> you back. You love like, your man, six, seven out of ten. I'm loving. I love a good six, seven out of ten game. Like it's not trying to be 200 hours long. It's not trying yeah. to change the industry. It's not trying to revolutionize cinematography. It's just a nice, just just a man who's a werewolf. Wolf. just give me that like maybe that's all we need <laughs> sometimes and um yeah playing like man eater i couldn't get away with that but i sort of restarted it just playing as a mm-hmm. shark you know he's a shark with a yeah. laser that you can get and then now it's a werewolf man 
you know, do you know amazing. what? Amazing. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, mate. Like any any sort of like asymmetrical thing where you get to like be a big monster taking down something else. Fine, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. I'm gay. If, if I'm you come out it. and you tell me it's a seven out of ten, I'll get it. I'll be amazed if it's higher than a six, but I guess we'll see what happens. It's out um, next week, I think. I think you should do your new rating system. It should just go one to ten, right? Yes. Out of ten, but it should miss out the seven, and the seven out of ten should be like the lucky seven from Final <laughs> Fantasy seven, and it should be like that's the one that you're aiming for. Like mm-hmm. it's like you're spinning the slot wheels. Like, like crisis core. Yeah, it's like this this game's better than a 10 out of 10. It's a 7 out of 10. I'm putting it out there that sometimes all you need is a really, really good 6 to 7 out of 10. PsyOps is a beautiful 7 out of 10. Maybe an maybe 8. We, maybe. maybe we should ask the audience then. Ask yeah. them what their favorite 7 out of 10 game is and go yes. tweet us over on Twitter with the hashtag of UBP to either the What Culture Gaming Twitter, which is WC Gaming. Mm. P. I mean, you'll be able to find us by Googling it, or you can okay. go find us on uh, social media. Anyway, I'm going to even roll this into the outroad tool skill. You do can it, find do us it, mate. on it, social mate. media for the hashtag UBP, 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 UBP. Because this has been the Untitled Banter Podcast, I've been Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you so much. Thanks all to thanks to all of you for all the questions. The take trophies are flowing, and we've still got plenty we can carry over to next week. But until then, we'll catch you then. Bye. Bye-bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.